it'll be fun to just have that sort of behind our belts. I mean, what else are we doing with our time right now? <laughs> behind our belts. I don't know. Let's <laughs> get that shit behind our belts already. Hello and welcome to another episode of Geek Chew, the podcast where we chew over the geeky things that we love. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And our intro music is by my brother Ryan. This is our book club episode. We've uh, spent many weeks trying to find time to record, I guess, and we've kind of piled up the number of things that we've watched in that time. I guess we were going to talk about those before we get into the book. Yeah. But, um, do like just a quick. Yeah. Quick rundown. Yeah. Um, you go. well i don't know i mean i'm really enjoying season three of killing eve which yeah which came back on amc maybe five weeks ago there's like five episodes out four or five mid-april yeah and i just i don't know i really like i mean season two left off in such a weird place and season three didn't pick up right from there they just kind of skipped over a whole section of time and found a new way to like pull everybody back into the same orbit all the characters yeah, I uh, please excuse the dogs being rowdy. I like when they do that with the um, the time thing. I don't necessarily need to see right where they left off as right. long as we kind of get an idea of, of the stuff that happened um, because that's not necessarily essential to the story. They've like moved on and they're going to be yeah. telling a different part of the story and um, that makes it different enough that there's like it's that this season's like kind of its own thing. Yeah. You could come into it without necessarily having seen seasons one and season two. And you still kind of get an idea of who these people are. And while you would get sort of a better feeling of these characters, having watched the other stuff, it still makes for an interesting story. Having only started on this season. And I think it's nice and clever when they do that i think we live in a world now where everybody you know you have to have seen everything from the beginning to the end you can't just um watch a little bit of something or jump in in the middle you know it's world of binge watching where like oh i've gotta i gotta get through all this before i can start on this because i heard this is good but now they're already on season 15 so i gotta i gotta get there before i can start this and i don't know did I go off on a weird tangent? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of season 15, though, we did start watching Survivor. Oh, uh, right. Season 20. We just jumped in in the middle of, I think they're on like season 35, maybe just wrapped up, mm-hmm. 34, something like that. But we've never like really sat down and watched a whole season uh, since maybe the first season came out. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But really, I don't know, kind of enjoying that and wondering which which season we should watch next. But and then also on top of that, I don't know if you want to say something about Survivor, but the next thing I had written down was Westworld, which is something that I would um, not recommend binge watching. <laughs> and the third season was absolutely terrible. I really didn't enjoy it and it became a chore to watch. And that's really sad because like I really loved it. Yeah. Um, even all of the weird confusion in season one and season two about like kind of being like, what else is going on here? And I don't know. And like, what are these pieces that need to be put together? 
Uh, season three was kind of just like a a weird. Uh, I don't know. It, like some things were too vague, and then some yeah. things were. It, it just I didn't understand what was. Like going. you said, like the first two seasons were were fun to watch, but also very confusing. And part of the fun for me was listening to people talk about it and theorize and like um, pull all the good stuff out of the show. And as we're watching season three and it's getting like super boring and like, it's just not, not great. And then listening to people talk about it and trying to find those good, like hear them struggling to find <laughs> like the cool parts of the show to talk about. And right. the theories kind of being like, maybe this is what's happening. I don't know. It's just, is is disappointing. And I, I think they've, they've probably lost me for season four. I don't think I'm going to, you know, watch another season know, of that. But it was it's rough. Hard. It's yeah, it was we rough. Have, we have invested a lot of time though. So. I know. And what if season four is really good? I don't know. But anyway, moving on. Uh, we also did like a mini binge of like some old movies that we've been talking. We watched Gosford Park. Yeah. We watched, yeah. Uh, and then there were none. Which so disappointing. I mean, which they should have called, and then there were two. Right. <laughs> I don't understand. So um, and uh, I mean, I guess like the only reason I can think is like the book was so famous that they wanted to change the ending so that it wasn't like completely like, or one, they were trying to give people like a more satisfying ending than everybody dies, or yeah. two, they wanted yeah. to make it a little different so that way people were surprised at the end. But either way, this original story was perfect. So, right. boo earns. Um, and then we watched Death on the Nile, which was good. I, I did enjoy that. I one. did. I did enjoy that. And one. they're making a new version of that. How about that, Angela Lansbury? Though, like that was so, so great. Yep. What a fun cast. Um, and then. Um, I don't know. Any other older things? I don't think so. I think mm, we did. Yeah, Gosford so. Park was really interesting as far as like a murder mystery goes. I liked it. It was, um, I kind of like some of those like sort of more mellow vibes, slower things going on, not super tense. Yeah. Um, just a lot of, a lot of characters doing a lot of talking where little hints and clues are being dropped and, yeah. and stuff. Um, I think I was too tired. Uh, maybe we can it. rewatch because yeah. I liked it. Um, and then, uh, I don't know other things, imagineering story. I wish there were more of those, right? Yeah. The on uh, series Plus. on Disney plus about their, what do they call it in the, it's like, I don't remember what they've renamed the team, but it's right. like the imagineering team. It's right. like the ideas behind the parks and like the, um, how they develop their world there. Is, yeah. And then seeing so, some of the rides that are, at other Disney World, you know, parks around the world. I need to go the, to all of the them. The Ratatouille one in France looks amazing. Ugh, uh, I mean, just the, like, ideas being put into life. Yeah, and then me. the details. And, and I mean, when it's when they're doing it right, it's so beautiful. And the series starts all the way back when they were building the first park. Right. And, you know, it's pretty, I think it's pretty fair about how the team developed and how they succeeded or failed based on the support that they were getting. Right. And there was definitely a lull in like the nineties, two thousands, that, that era. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, it was a good show. I don't it, know. it was great. And it makes my love for Disney seem somewhat more, um, validated. I mean, like everybody loves Disney, right. But yeah. like, and like some people have like a real strong love for Disney and have like Disney, everything all over their houses. And that's definitely not us, but like, I don't know. It made me really like excited about 
just Disney as a company. I don't care how big they get. Right. Um, and then <laughs> I'm like Courtney, he seems, he seems concerned about their monopoly on entertainment. <laughs> I don't know why. How is it affecting him? He's getting good content. Right. <laughs> um, and then moving on other Disney stuff, um, Mandalorian G- gallery. We just watched the most recent episode this morning. Yeah. Uh, season or episode four of the, yeah, I guess it's an eight part series about, the making of an eight part series, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but today's, today's was cool. It was all about you know, the special effects or not the special effects so much, but how they filmed. Yeah. And their like technology that they use to film it, to make it look like yeah. a real immersive world that they're living in. I mean, it's fascinating and it I definitely cool. recommend it. And if you don't have Disney plus, you should do a trial or, and just like watch the Mandalorian and then watch this. Cause good show. Good show. Um, I don't know. Uh, another Disney Pirates. Yeah, we're We've trying been, to rewatch yeah. the Pirates. I yeah. mean, we, we're uh, three fifths of the way through. Like I say, rewatch, but we've only watched I think the first three. Yeah, I think they. So the next ones are going to be lost us. brand new for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they get kind of cheesy, but like I don't know. It'll be fun to just have that sort of behind our belts. I mean, what else are we doing with our time right now? <laughs> behind our belts. I don't know. Let's get that shit behind our belts already. What, what, <laughs> <laughs> Under our belts. Dude. <laughs> that too. Um, uh, and then, I don't know. We, uh, we, I mean, we did watch more, more old movies, but not old, old, right? So we took the kids to see Footloose. Oh, so fun. And I, w- and I, I mean, the idea originally was that we would like talk to, the kids about that experience right together on this podcast, but they we just can't get our shit together. I know. <laughs> and then, yeah, just you would think in a quarantine situation, scheduling four people for something who live in the same house wouldn't be that difficult, but apparently it is. Especially when two of them don't have jobs. Right. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was my first, I think time that I've been to a drive-in movie theater also. Oh really? Ever in yeah. life? Yeah. Even as a kid? Yeah. Oh, just, I don't, I don't remember ever going to one. Well, they're doing, I mean, I say very well. Well, I was about to say very well and then I say whatever. Um, they're doing much better in this time of quarantine. Right. All the other theaters are closed. Because everything else is closed. Right. So there's kind of like, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to last once movie theaters reopen no, when, when they figure that. that out. But, um, it was, it was just fun. I mean, and I thought it was so funny that I told T, I thought the drive-in movie theater was going to be like the big pull for the kids. And I told Tegan we were going to go and she's like, oh, I've been wanting to watch that movie for so long. And I'm like, <laughs> footloose. But it's because it comes up in a Marvel movie. She then listens to the soundtrack over and over again because she wants to have that connection to the Marvel movie where Star-Lord asks if, you know, Footloose is still the greatest movie ever made. And and (laughs) Spider-Man says, never was. (laughs) Did Spider-Man say that? That's funny. I I forgot that part. Yeah. But um, uh, we also watched, well, I guess you weren't really here, but I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off with the kids. Yeah, I've seen it so many times. Those 80s movies, they just, I mean, they love them. Like they'll, it's one of the few things that they'll sit and like, watch with us now yeah yeah so the well, og tegan i think because courtney kid is up next yeah courtney it's pretty easy to get him to come and sit and watch something with us to get tegan to break yeah, away from like in the living room anyway right <laughs> tegan's too busy like working on her art working on her 
I don't know, watching TikTok videos. I don't, I don't know what, what she's doing, <laughs> playing Roblox with her friends. I don't know. But um, to get her to break away from her little world, to sit down for two hours with us is very difficult. Yeah. You know so, what, you know what also does it though, apparently, is uh, mid-budget Kumail Nanjiani movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we already talked about watching Stuber with them and how fun that was. And Lovebirds, which was supposed to come out in the theaters with uh, Kumail and Ray yeah, got bought or whatever by Netflix. However, they, those things happen. I they're just looking for a way to get the movie out, and right, uh, it came out on Friday, I think, and the movie was fun. And they sat fun. and they watched it, and it was funny. Like those movies are great. I know. Um, I wonder. So, how much do you know about? the process of how those are getting made. Is this like a, a push from like Kumail Nanjiani, like wanting to get this kind of movie made again? Cause the, like what else has come out like that other than Stuber and this that. Well, I think more, more movies like that are coming out now on Netflix. Like those, those things that right, kind but of these two the both would have gone to theater, right? Well, so Stuber did go out to right. theaters. Yeah. The lovebirds would have been out in theaters and I don't know if it's a, if it's overstating it to, well, maybe it's just, I mean, I'm sure those movies are, are getting made and it might be overstated to say they're not getting made, but they're probably getting made for less money by people who we don't, who aren't like famous or whatever, you know? I guess. And yeah. like, uh, yeah. maybe just the fact that he's kind of a, I don't know, to us, he's a bigger name. Maybe he's not to a lot of people, but right. I don't know what it is. I don't but know. Well, I'm I glad that he's it. on board with yeah. those things because those are fun movies to watch. They're, yeah, I wonder if they're pretty low stakes, right? And yeah. then they're, but they're like, yeah. I uh, wonder if he'll keep making them after he's a Marvel. I hope uh, so. You know, I hope so because those are fun. Star, like, they're whatever. fun. And I think that, like, we kind of need those kinds of options for movies too. So that way it's not, you know, we live in a world where everything's like a either a big budget war drama or a big budget. Well, superhero movie yeah, right everything's IP, yeah. yeah so i don't know i mean there were other netflix movies like that that mid-budget kind of like an action movie like extraction with yeah Chris Hemsworth that, you know what I, I figured out that i didn't like about that so much is i really like when a movie has like a really great story and i feel like the story of this movie was just kind of lacking for me like the, it was it was yeah, entertaining as far as the action and stuff but and yeah it's supposed to be like a stock 80s action movie though which right. you know people enjoy so i think the storyline is definitely secondary because the action was super cool but stock 80s action movies had a lot more comedy than i feel like this had there isn't a whole lot of i i mean there was just something about it that yeah. was sort of missing like you kind of like you just understand everything that's going on there's not like much to figure out except for are they going to make it to the end? Like, yeah. I don't know. There were some cool scenes, uh, hyper violent. It was, I, I enjoyed it. You didn't even finish it. Like right. we stopped halfway through and we were going to finish it later. And you were like, yeah, you can go ahead and do that without yeah, me. I just wasn't, I just didn't, it didn't have that pull for me. Yeah. Like there's something extra. I, I don't want to just watch the like cool scenes of uh, the fighting and the, yeah. the whatever. Like I love that stuff when there's other stuff going on for me, but I think that was the problem. And I love Chris Hemsworth. So, so Chris Hemsworth. So I was a little bit, you know, it was weird to me that I didn't really like no. have a vested interest. Um, as far as Netflix movies, we watched the other half, yeah. which I highly recommend. Really I good. love that adorable, totally different romantic comedy. Yeah. It's but pretty, I mean, it's, it's like, a, and it's a teen movie. Yeah. And it's, 
uh, gender swapped Cyrano de Bergerac. Yeah, but it's so fantastic. So. But the yeah, the way they incorporate the technology into that, and uh, I thought it was. I mean, I don't know. I I would watch it again, and I don't. You know, those are the kind of movies that I don't usually watch again. And those are the kind of movies that I do watch right. over and over again. So perfect. It's a good movie for us. And then we watched some comedy, new Seinfeld. Oh yeah, yeah. Crystal yeah, Leah, Netflix, always stuff funny. Was, yeah, that was surprising. There was a new Seinfeld uh, mm-hmm. special out. It was, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was okay. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And then, um, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the book? Yeah, I think we should get into it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, the fifth season by N.K. Jemison. Yeah, part of the Broken Earth trilogy. We started this book at a time where there was like really not much going on for me at work, and it just I just needed to be like a body there, and so. Since we got it on Kindle, I did a lot of reading of this just on the computer screen. And I finished that book in like four, three, three or four days. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. It took me a little bit longer. I did uh, enjoy it quite a bit. Um, but just so, you know, if somebody's so funny when I say this, if somebody's listening uh, who, <laughs> <laughs> who hasn't, who hasn't read the book, but is just going to listen to us talk about it. I did put uh, a quick summary here that I got off of supersummary.com. Oh, <laughs> that is smart because we are terrible at summarizing things. That's, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the fifth season takes place in an unnamed on an unnamed planet, home to a single massive continent known as the Stillness. For all of written history, constant seismic activity in the form of earthquakes and volcanic eruptions has made life precarious in the Stillness. Multiple societies have risen and fallen, usually ending as a result of the fifth season's uh, volcanic winters that tend to recur every few centuries. The novel follows the interwoven storylines of three characters. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. I mean, uh, we can't talk about it without um, right. revealing this, but novel follows the interwoven storylines of three characters ultimately revealed as the same woman at different stages in her life, Demaya, Zionite, and Essen. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I don't know. What are your thoughts first? Well, so we had talked about it last time, the reason that we chose this book and how all three parts of the series have won Hugo Awards, which, and I started the second book, I'm like 5% in now, and I'm just, I wonder how they decide, you know, what, what the criteria for those awards is, are, is, are, it just got me curious because like I'm reading the second one and it's also very good, but it's like the same story continuing. Uh, obviously I haven't read mm-hmm. much of it, so I, we'll see. Like I can see how the creativity and everything um, that the world that she's building is recognized. Did you look up Hugo Award? And no. How they? Cho- oh, I was okay. Just so that would have answered that question. If <laughs> I was just thinking about that yesterday when I was reading the, the second start of the second book, but um, yeah, I mean, as far as as far as this book goes, like I I read a bunch of interviews with the author. You can tell just I mean she's a a black woman and writing in a science fiction slash fantasy genre that oh really um, you know so you can definitely tell that her personal experience like is reflected in, in the, the point story. the yeah. point of the story right mm-hmm. um you know there's that dedication at the beginning of the book for all those that have to fight for the respect that everyone else is given without question by everyone else she means white men <laughs> i mean i think so <laughs> but uh so it was really interesting to read these interviews and uh, not only to hear her talk about how she wrote this novel and where she built the ideas from and how long that took and how much research she had to do on things like 
you know, seismic geology and, um, also, I don't even remember. It's, it's been a while. I left the interviews up on my browser so I could reference them. And those have obviously since gone away. Um, because this has been weeks now, but of course she also talks about, you know, her decision to write one of the character perspectives in the second person and like how that was. I think that's one of the big things, obviously that she probably got asked every time she talked about the book and right. Why did you do this? Yeah. Cause you know, second person is just such a weird uh, choice. And it's interesting because her answer is basically like, uh, I just started writing it like this and I tried it a few other ways, but this is the way that felt right to me. And that, that was it. Like there's, that's a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. But then over the the next couple weeks, I've seen like a bunch of people talk about symbolism in, in other texts and how people like will kind of pull symbolism from places where the author didn't really mean it or how, once something's in the world that now belongs to other people who are consuming it and mm-hmm. is open to their interpretation. And I, I don't know if it was like a Hemingway quote that was like, yeah, I didn't mean any of that stuff. Like, you right. know, <laughs> when talking about <laughs> some of his work, I know that when you fir- first started reading the book that you found it distracting. It is distract. It was just continuously throughout the book. You- no. Um, I think once it was like, once they got to, that weird community. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just because I'd gotten used to it or if because like the story had changed enough with interaction with even more people that it just, it, it stopped being bothersome. Yeah. You know, before I read like the interview stuff, I was like, maybe she's like trying to put you more in, like get you more invested That's in the story or, too. or whatever. But um, I mean, I guess I'm kind of glad that she was just like, I just like the way it, came out like right so we're not like not missing like something a trick or like yeah um uh not a trick but like a, a gimmick a device yeah yeah i mean we can talk about like the world building and i how impressive i thought it it mm-hmm. was um but uh one one of the other things that i got out of these interviews was like she's uh, i guess famously in the community anyway people who talk about these kind of things opposed to maps to accompany a novel. Right. Like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. They'll have these maps, expansive, whatever. But she she just decided that like this story just required that. So she commissioned somebody to like make the map that's in the in the book, you know. Um I don't know if you even saw it because it's we read it on or I read I it didn't. on the Kindle. I did not see it. Yeah, there's uh there's a, a map. I think I took a screenshot of it so I can use it for when we post this. Uh-huh. Um or at least a piece of it. But uh, there is a map of the stillness and the continent and where these different places are. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that was interesting that she seemed so <laughs> opposed to the idea of maps in general to accompany these fantasy type stories. And, um, hmm. Yeah. That seems like a weird thing to just be not into yeah. or whatever. Cause <laughs> I like, I, just, I don't know. Um, I think I like it cause it helps you visualize like the world. Oh, for sure. But also maybe it, um, limits your imagination of the world because there's something set down on paper already about it. But anyway, I mean, how far in did you realize that they were all the same person? I had the same question for you. So it was at like 51% that I knew Cyanite and Demaya were the same person. And then it's before it actually like explicitly says it. I don't uh, I don't remember because it's been too long. This is why we need to record these um, in a more timely manner, I guess. But 
there was some reference to, yeah, I, I can't fucking remember, yeah. <laughs> like, but I knew, I knew that Demaya and Cyanite were the same person. And then obviously I was kind of like, so is, is Essen also that same person? But, uh, I wasn't sure until uh, a little bit further on into the novel. So I don't think that I realized that they were the same person until, until it like something like really concrete. Right. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit before, but I, I don't think like, but then once, like, I definitely knew, oh, okay, we're all tracking the same person here from all of it. Yeah. Um, which I made th- me just wonder about like lifespan of these people because right. like uh, they seem like to be in such different places in their lives and yeah, like think- at completely different ages. And then if you think about like children and years of ages of children and how much time has passed since this and this and this. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, in the beginning of book two, they say specifically, like it was 10 years between like the cyanide storyline and the essence storyline. Okay. So she must've moved on pretty quickly to have an eight year old daughter, not moved on, like, but right. Turned then, into this other person to hide her identity. Right. But also like, if you're thinking of traveling, like how, how big is this world? Like to get from, this place to this place. Well, there's a key on the map, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, there was, so at, obviously when I found out that Demaya and Cyanite were the same person, I was like, it's probably her, but there was just, there was like one little detail where like, uh, Essen was surprised at how the stone eater moved from like the surface to like the calm that's underneath the surface. (laughs) But, you know, she also, she knew that stone eaters moved that way because there was one from the previous storyline with cyanite and right. alabaster. So I, that's why I was like, maybe it's not the same person. That was, that was just, well, maybe just my impression. Of, that stone, that little boy that they travel with, that's a stone eater. I don't think that that's like a regular stone eater. They're different. Like No, but it was something. the stone eater who was at the calm already that. Right. Um, so that, that's where I was a little bit like, maybe it's not the same but obviously turned out to be. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. I like, I guess the one thing that is, I'm very excited to keep reading, but it doesn't feel like there's like a concrete end to this story, which even in trilogies, like even if you have it mapped out, I like if there's like a, a hard break, between. a hard, like there's something about this story that has completed so yeah. you can, yeah. I, this is more like a cliffhanger kind of. Yes, exactly. And that, um, I mean, I get the reasonings for those things, but ultimately what's happening is it's one book that's just being released in three parts. Right. Yeah. And I really like when there's like, if, if we're talking about tr- trilogies, like the hunger games books, each of those is a complete story that you could pull out and like, like just have that story. Right. And yeah, there's like more going on. So that was to me like a little disappointing. Cause I don't like having a cliffhanger when I'm reading a book. Right. You know, you don't want to be forced into reading the next book right well, away <laughs> or having to wait, you know, or, or just like not having that satisfaction of closure for something. It's not even just about not moving on to the next story. Um, yeah. I'm like a completist, like I want to finish it. But um, so I guess overall, like that's probably the only disappointment for me in this story. I loved the descriptions of the 
of the world of the yeah, of what the crystals th- and like the movement of things and like it's it just um yeah i think you know we could talk a little bit about the world that was built and like the different abilities of different beings i mean the only the only beings i feel like are really not human are the stone eaters right, right? there's like the guardians who have implants that give them certain powers well no they don't they don't they like start off with sort of a certain power and then they have implants yeah, that I'm like sure. make yeah. it more effective or more effective? amplified yeah yeah and then the uh i guess we haven't even used the, the word or origins yeah origins <laughs> uh origenic people yeah uh, that can control the earth and the or not control the earth but have power over yeah movement things yeah, yeah. mineral so, i guess, I guess we, maybe it would see, be see how hard it is to uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> for yeah. us to summarize yeah um but i think it would be because with alabaster's character like there are things that he can do that are like really unseen and like yeah for for any origin so you know so i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say earth but just like mineral Mass use the like energy that. energy around them too like right in some weird way anyway i don't know i, I like the use casts yeah and the way that the names are built in the world uh, i thought that was cool i you know typically like in these fantasy kind of stories i don't really i find it distracting when they throw in vocabulary that's like for this world but is like you know i mean a simple example would be like when they're saying like what the rust yeah. But like, you know, runny sacks and stuff like that. I, I find it distracting and it usually doesn't fit well in the story to me. Right. Uh, and ag- again, because we read on Kindle, the glossary in the back doesn't do you much good. Uh, not that I think the glossary is needed. But yeah, because I didn't even look at the glossary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she does a good job like explaining what she's talking about I in, think, in the book itself. Yeah. I think with like, so with exclamations, like what the rust or whatever um, I think she does a good job because in, in choosing that and it wasn't like just like wh- what's a random word that we could use here. It like fits into the story because there's all this literature about how like metal is not permanent. Like and how if you want something to last, you build it out of stone. Right. right? Um, and so I feel like that kind of just that was like a a smart choice if you're going to choose that instead of just like making up some word to, yeah. to swear. I mean, it's, it's all like kind of based else. on yeah. something. It's just, it just, it feels thoughtful. Um, do I prefer not to have those? Sure. Just because it just makes it less abrasive when you're yeah. reading. Um, Ronnie Sachs didn't bother me though, because like it's everyone has their, bag for when they need to run because of the but like so i don't know but like it's the same backpack right i guess i mean it's whatever (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that but like it's more like the exclamations and like the curses and stuff that i'm just like because that seems like more but maybe that's also a good choice because we're so used to reading our cursing that it's like kind of ineffectual yeah maybe i don't know was there a storyline you were most invested in? Yeah. I, I mean, Cyanite's storyline is like the one that I'm more invested in. Right. Okay. Me too. I, yeah. I, just... I felt like the changes in the growth of that, that's where like most of the growth happens for right. the character, right? There's most of the learning, most of the um, 
movement in life for for her character um where the other ones are like who they are and yeah like they're is another step for right. Damaya, but like um Essen is Essen and that's like you know she there's not a whole I mean I'm sure there's going to be some character growth but it's not the same way that we get she's the only character that I really that you really grow to I feel like know yes. a whole lot and that you would root for her in spite of the the choices that she makes or has to make in some cases and mm-hmm. um yeah, and I liked I like that she's uh kind of a, a powerful origin but there's also Alabaster who's you know has his own issues but is like this super powerful person to I mean kind of shepherd her through uh some of her things and then but also kind of be uh, uh I don't know stubborn about how much he's willing to share with her. Yeah, I feel like they lean on each other a lot. Yeah. And they're like they learn not learn from each other uh, because of their own strengths and um, in the world. Cause like Al- Alabaster is a very, very flawed character yeah. as well. And he has definitely his issues while he has a lot of this, I don't know, not like technical physical, I guess, power. He's like really emotionally and mentally um, closed off at, at, yeah. a, at least, you know, I um, guess. <laughs> And and just damaged. Yeah. And and uh Cyanite hasn't like experienced enough of the same kinds of stuff that he has to like be damaged in that way. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess we haven't really talked about how the origins are, are seen in, in the world. Uh I don't think we need to get into it too much, but like there's there's so much to talk about in the book. I don't know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I but they're all they're very um they're they're feared and therefore you know persecuted and um there's there's also a lot in the book that I'm not sure like exactly what's happening. I don't know if it was like uh like the fulcrum I I guess has been destroyed in essence Ooh. timeline. Yeah, I mean because it's the of, very first scene of this of the book. See, yeah, that's why I'm like. Is it's so that is to interesting like to me, it. yeah, or at least the first, like the very, like the the intro there. Yeah. Um, because the first thing that happens is, and it takes you, I mean, I don't know how, I guess this is just all the spoilers, right? But it's Alabaster and his stone eater, and he's like, Well, let's do this thing, and then he destroys the fulcrum. And oh, so, shit. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> They don't name who it is, is that, but it's it, clearly who it is. Is that and that's that's the event that uh, sets off the essence timeline, the fifth winter, the fifth the fifth season that could last for millennia. Yeah, I mean you know? that's that's what's okay. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's the very first thing that happens in the story, and so then when they reintroduce the fulcrum later in the story, I'm like, wow, like is it took me a little bit to to realize like is this the fulcrum rebuilt after this yeah. or is this like where because are we in the timeline time yeah the because three different it's right it's an interesting very non-linear story but yeah, yeah. The, that's the very first thing that happens speaking of like the persecution and then also the made-up language of a, of a fantasy world you know they have like a, a derogatory term for origins the roga raga yeah and I, I don't think it's like a um, coincidence that you know with yeah with the double G's the, yeah yeah <laughs> that just 
I think that in addition to the powers of the people in this world and, you know, things like use casts and comms and the naming system, like that, the way that it, the society exists and the problems within the society, um, there's just so much that goes into writing a, a big epic, epic story like, like yeah, this. Like mm-hmm. this. It's, it's impressive. I don't know. Yeah. And we have, it's enough of a mirror of our world that like it can be difficult to swallow that like that's the world that we live in without all of the crazy crystal earth movement yeah right stuff <laughs> <laughs> you know? i think it's I, you know, I just uh, i think it's great that there are people like nk jemison now who will write novels like this and you know in spite of i think probably i mean i'm sure she's uh, i mean i read about some of the harassment that she's dealt with like just being a person of color and a woman and working in this field in particular. Yeah, she has like a day like, job. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess she quit her job originally to like become a novelist. And she was like, I can't just do this all the time. So she got another job just to um, have something else to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just really good. We haven't even, uh, it's, it's, it's a great book and we haven't even talked about the obelisks, which uh, right. we don't really have like a ton of information about in the first book looking forward to reading more about them. I mean, the next one is called the obelisk gate, mm-hmm. which I would imagine is the area that they found at the fulcrum. Um, I'm guessing, and you walk through gates, so I'm guessing you have to go in there somehow. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I haven't started the, I haven't started the second one yet because I've been trying to work my way through the three body problem. I'm, yeah. I'm a little more than a third of the way through. Um, and I'd like to just get that done before introducing, which we can talk about it another time, but that is some crazy shit. <laughs> in that book. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's really weird. Um, I mean, I'm very much enjoying it, but like, <laughs> like this is nuts. Uh, did you have anything else for the fifth season? I don't No. <laughs> okay. but we will decide on the next book soon. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of, yeah, we've got a couple of things um, that we've kind of mentioned here and there, but no, um, permanent choice, right? no actual choice. Um, if you are reading or have read with us, um, tweet us, (laughs) Twitter at us. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Uh, We have all those things. Yeah. I don't know. Give us a call. Cause if you're listening, you probably know us in person. (laughs) (laughs) We, um, you know. Yeah, so that'll probably wrap up yeah. this, this episode. Well, no, I mean, I would really love to know what other people also thought about this right. book. So that would be really fantastic. Yeah, and geekchew.com. We have the website where you can contact us. And, uh, yeah, so that'll wrap it up. We'll talk about uh, whatever yeah. next week, two weeks, three weeks, however long it takes. Yeah. But it was fun. It was smart. We liked it. <laughs>